What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Ben. We are joined today, as nearly always, by our super producer, Noel Brown. And uh, his nickname today is going to be a little bit of a clue for you, Scott. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. We've got a... Uh, what, what do you want to do first? Do you want to give me the clue in this, or do you want to tell the listeners what we're doing today? Because this is an experiment of sorts. Yeah, yeah. We uh, are... Our show and, and, you know, every creative endeavor is ultimately always a work in progress, right? Always. We're not those kind of guys who sit back and say, well, we figured it out. Rest uh, on our laurels. Rest on our laurels. That's right. Well, we're uh, not doing that great. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, here's, here's the idea. Um, you and I decided, and, and this was, this was one of your ideas, right? It was. Uh, you and I decided that we were going to try a couple episodes where one of us is flying blind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely blind. I mean, I don't have a clue right now as to what we're going to talk about today. Not a single clue. I don't, and this, this nickname that you're going to give Noel will yeah. give me a clue, but I still won't know the topic yet. And I'm, I'm got to tell you, Ben, I'm a little bit nervous because <laughs> you know, you know me. I mean, over the years I've come in with notes piled on top of notes with post-it yeah. notes on those notes. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm used to having something in front of me, some some reference material. I've got nothing. I've got a blank sheet of paper mm-hmm. that I can possibly scribble down some notes after you tell me what we're going to talk about. But right now, I don't have any idea. And well, I like it. I, I like this. So let's hear Noel's nickname, and that'll give me a clue as to what we're going to you know discuss today. All right. Noel's nickname for this episode, Scott, is Noel the Barnstormer Brown. The Barnstormer. Okay. Yeah. I All thought right. it was cool. I thought it was a cool nickname. It is a good nickname. All right, I don't want to keep you in too much suspense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna go easy on this one here. Uh, today's episode is going to be about barn finds. Oh, great! Yeah, right, that's one of yeah. like uh, we did we did a barn find episode before where we well we've done several I guess technically, mm-hmm. uh, but I wanted to update you on one of the newest most exciting barn finds that's happened in 2015. Really? Mm-hmm. Let's have it. All right. So, 
Uh, <clears throat> there was recently in Texas a barn find that could contain up to $700,000 worth of relics. Whoa. All right, so so here's what happened. Uh, they, they found a 1932 Cadillac Model 370B Convertible Victoria. Mm-hmm. It's got 135 horsepower V12, three-speed manual transmission, uh, but the auction house uh, Motostalgia explains that according to the research done by their consigner, this car carries what is effectively a prototype body for the Cadillac convertible Victoria. No kidding. This is like a, a tucked away um, uh, show car pretty much. Pretty really? much, yeah. yeah. Starting with the town coupe, modifications were made to create uh I'm quoting here, rather stunning coachwork where the proportions and lines played well on the multi-cylinder car chassis. I'm going to drop that voice because it sounds kind of super villainish. <laughs> uh, the body has, uh, get this, the serial number is one. Yeah. And that it always bodes well. Yeah. And it was placed on a, uh, 370B chassis, uh, used for marketing test, engineering studies. This is one of four. There were three other similar bodies that found their way on a V16 chassis. And the, uh, but this is the only one that was ever placed on a V12. Wow. And you said that was a 135 horsepower V12. Yes. Isn't that uh, so remarkable? Strange. I mean, it is. Yeah. It, it, I wonder what the leader displacement, does it happen to say the leader displacement of that 12 cylinder? If it doesn't, I'm not going to put you on the spot. Uh, anything, I don't, I don't have it yet. I, I yeah. just wonder how big that engine is for 135 horsepower. And you know that that body, that, that whole oh, thing, yeah. you know, how much does that thing got to weigh? It's got to be three tons. God, yeah, because let's, you know, let's of course remember there's, there's not aluminum on this. No, pattern. no, I mean a, a V12 32 caddy, it's got to weigh just a, a, an enormous amount. The engine itself has to weigh an enormous amount. Oh, who is that guy from the uh, infomercials? Is it Billy Mays? But yeah, Billy wait, Mays, yeah. There's more. Yeah. Uh, because that was not the only vehicle they found in the barn. I miss the Billy Mays commercials, don't you? I do too, man. I, you know, I was so excited when I finally saw some OxyClean in real life because yeah. they used to not sell it in stores, sure. right? Uh, did you ever see that as seen on TV store at the mall? Oh, too? I love that place. I love it too. My, uh, my girlfriend, um, Unfortunately, I feel like we would have a lot of fun there because we both love gadgets. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've been looking since we've been dating, and I can't find one anywhere. Uh, I can tell you where there is one locally. There's one at the uh, outlet stores north of town. But um, and I spend some time there too, because I, mean, I really like it. I, the thing is, they're still expensive. You know, everything's still kind of costly. But yeah, um, I am. Uh, I, I was hooked for a while on infomercials. You know, like late night infomercials. I'm watching about food dehydrators. I'm watching about vacuum cleaners. Yeah, yeah. Um, flooring systems, all kinds of stuff. I just loved it. I don't know what it was, but infomercials always gripped me. And uh, Billy, so Billy Mays. I mean, I, I used to really enjoy watching his yeah. work. I mean, the stuff that he did. He was he was good at selling that. Stuff. He's a good, good showman. At, he really was. He really was. But you know, there's some good replacements out there now too. I, I, I kind of wonder why he never got in the car business. You know, he would have been really good at I it. I don't know. He, he maybe it's just too over the top for something like that. He, yeah. he worked really well on television for a product. That you could demonstrate, right? But, uh, yeah. But just do individual car sales. I don't know. He might be a little larger than life. Maybe if he sold a like a product line, like let's say that he was selling uh, like the. I don't know if they would do. They they don't really do this. But Maybe like, he was selling Rainex or something. You know, like when you bring out a new vehicle at a car show or something. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, if you if you were like um, almost treated the launch as like a like a sale, like you were mm-hmm. uh, trying to sell that vehicle on the spot. That might be interesting. 
That's pretty cool. That's yeah. not a bad idea. All right, so I interrupted your flow here, but you said oh, that no. was that was one car, and this whole thing is valued at seven hundred thousand dollars, mm-hmm. right? That's uh, I'm 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 burying the lead here, and that's that's my fault. There were four other vehicles they oh, found. Okay, four other yeah. vehicles. Okay. Uh, so there's a 1938 Cadillac V16 mm-hmm. Series 90 Fleetwood limo, and that was owned by uh, the Wrigley Gum family. Oh, really? Yeah. And then there was a 1933 Cadillac uh, 370C V12 Town Coupe. Less than a thousand were made. What year was this? Uh, 1933. Well, okay. And uh, fewer, of course, exist today. And this one actually turned over when they tried to start it. No kidding. After all that neglect. Oh, that yeah. is interesting. So, um, man, this is quite a collection. Do you know where they found this? I mean, you said it was in Texas, but do you know exactly where it was found? Oh, yeah. Good call, Scott, because I, I forgot to add that part. Uh, funny story. It's I, I believe it's around the Austin, Texas area. Okay. Because... The the auction house Motostalgia that was talking about it, and they have a great video you can watch on this too. Uh, they were startled when they found out about this because they are based in Austin, Texas. This stuff since the 1970s has been in a barn about seven miles away from their HQ. Oh, really? So it was, uh, it was right around the corner for them, basically. And I uh, had no idea. I think that's the way it is with all of these hidden classics, right? The, right. These, these yeah. hidden collections is that they turn up in your backyard. You think. Why did I never really pay attention to what was in that barn or in that shed or um, under that tarp? Yeah. Why did I never pull back the tarp? And, and guys, I come from, my family comes from East Tennessee, and I was born in Nashville. And if you've ever been through Tennessee, then you know that for some reason, it is filled with barns that look semi-abandoned, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, a lot of those are still in use and don't trespass. Yeah, storage and things like that. But, uh, you know... Maybe some cars here and there. Probably some cars here and there. Statistically, there have to be. Have to be, yeah, right. And motorcycles and bikes and all that mm. stuff. I love. You know, can I tell you one thing that What's I that really play? love? I've, I've really been getting into the show American Pickers. Oh yeah, it's a good show. It's on what the History Channel, I believe. Uh, I think so. I think that's the one. And uh, I just know what channel it's on. I'm not sure exactly, <laughs> the, the, uh, but I think it's History Channel. And uh, man, I cannot believe it when they open some of those barn doors or when they Ooh. open up. A, um, a shed that somebody hasn't opened for the last 15 years after, you know, somebody in the family has maybe passed away. Um, or things that, you know, collectors have on the back parts of their property that they just don't even remember. Mm-hmm. Um, they start adding things like they'll bring semi-trailers onto the property to hold more, hold more stuff that they yeah. bring onto the property. I just love that stuff. And whenever, whatever they haul out of there, out of the rust and the, and the cobwebs, it's just usually amazing. It's, it's incredible things come out of there. Yeah. And I, I think, I think they are either based in Nashville themselves or they moved to Nashville. They have a Nashville location. I think, I want to say Iowa. I think they're their first place. I believe their headquarters or where they started was in Iowa, but they do have a Nashville location and that's not too far from us. I kind of like to go there. We should go there. And also that's just a little bit more evidence, albeit su- circumstantial, uh, building for my case about Tennessee in general. <laughs> that's true. Right? Why that's did true. they end up there? So, okay. Those so far, there's one car left for us to describe. Oh, one car. Okay. Yep, and it is called the oddball of the bunch. Really? It is a 1923 Milburn Electric Model 27L. Hmm. These were car these cars were supposed to compete with the original Detroit Electric. Uh but it looks pretty strange. Look at this. A it's 1923 electric car. Oh, I like that. It's got those you know cartoonishly big windows. It, yeah. it almost reminds me of the uh the Renaults of the day. 
Yeah. It looks like a Renault car. Yeah. With that front end. I mean, that's the same or similar design. And you can see, you can see not just that car, but all of the cars discovered have some wear on them. Uh, Yeah. Some patina, right? Yeah. 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 For sure. And I, I, you know, you can call it wear, but it's just age. It's just they've been sitting there and you know how they get the, the uh, the paint starts to fade and peel away and there's some rust, but there's still some of the tires might rot. Yeah. There's a bit of color left there still. You can still tell that that was a green one, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it's fast. I love seeing them in their original condition when they do that. When they walk in, they don't, you know, pull them out into the sunlight immediately. They take photos and document where they found them, the way they looked originally, mm-hmm. um, all that stuff. I, I did great photos on that site. Oh, and there were, I'm sorry, uh, there were two more things I forgot to mention here. There was also a 1908 REO and a 1937 Cozy Coach travel trailer. Wow, we're getting, there's quite a few cars in this collection this is, now. Huh? This is a good find. Our, huh? I mean, I'm, I've lost track. Is there seven? Is that right? Seven or eight? Well, if we count the trailer, right, it depends on if we count the trailer, then we've got, uh, got, the trailer. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Well, the cozy comfort trailer. Oh, the co- okay, that's right. Because so I guess that puts us around six. Okay, if we don't count the trailer, but uh, but I I know that 
you and I are big fans of barn finds, and I know listeners that a lot of you guys are fans of barn finds because we get some great emails sometimes with uh, with some great emails where someone's like, hey, oh, look at this amazing thing I found, and we've made episodes about them too once in a while. Uh, but it also goes into what I ultimately wanted to have with you, a little bit of a discussion, Scott, about barn finds in general and how many of them are actually true? Because, oh, buddy, I was looking around, and there are a lot of... Imposters? Yeah. I, I would call them nah, muy suspicioso. Uh, I see. You okay. Know? Yeah, let's do let's do that. This is intriguing to me, because you said you want to talk about them in general terms. Maybe not specifically about this one, but just in general. And you said there's some... Uh, we, I said imposters, but you said some suspicious cases out there. Yeah, yeah. It seems like, well, of course we know that... Oftentimes, you should believe none of what you read on the internet until you have verified it with many different sources. But well, how many times have we heard about that Portuguese barn find? Uh, you know, supposedly had hundreds of cars, and right. then we find out the true story behind that. And mm-hmm. then, you know, you find others that you know they say, well, maybe it was just drug in there about a year ago and left to uh, you know collect some dust, and then suddenly emerge as this lost vehicle. Right. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of auto journalists, especially, at, you know, who does a great job of finding barn finds? Jalopnik. And uh, we've we've been fans of Jalopnik for a while. Well, finding the stories about barn finds. Finding the stories about that. Sure, if they were I mean. good at finding barn finds, I would, uh, I would <laughs> They'd probably I'd be, be out, out over there business. to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this article came to us from a journalist named Michael Balaban. And uh, he's the one who relayed the story of this Texas barn find and, and these very strange, well, some of them are very strange vehicles. Uh, I'd love for people to check out the video and let us know what they think about it. But it seems almost that for every true barn find, there are going to be like several other totally, I don't want to say that people are lying, maybe exaggerating. Exaggerating. Yeah, that may be a good way to say it. So uh, what I wanted to ask, what I wanted to ask you with this is just a, just a couple questions. Um, what, what do you think people should look for if you're trying to hunt a barn find? Like if you and Noel and I were to just hop, hop out on the road and go search for, uh, a, a barn find. Well, well, where will we go? Okay, one lesson that I've learned from watching American Pickers is that when they're uh, when they're doing what they call freestyle picking, mm-hmm. which is when they drive through the country and they just kind of look, you know, at, at places as they pass, they look for rusted things out in the front yard. Anything ah, like if okay. they park, they have wheelbarrows or whatever it is. If there's uh, multiple buildings on the property, uh, that indicates that it's usually a collector, somebody who's got some equipment, maybe you know, whether it's farm equipment, sure. whether it's uh, you know, collections of cars, or if it's um. Motorcycles or antiques of any kind. They're, Multiple they're, buildings, rust in the rusty things. In the rusty things yard. in the yard, things that you can spot from the from the road, the main road, and that's not always easy because a lot of times, you know, to collect something like that, you'd have to have a lot of property. Yeah, but this is where it gets kind of tricky because you may have a property that that looks like it's prime piece of property for something like this, but there's no car on the property other than you know the the daily driver that the person right. has. Um, or the minivan that they use to get back and forth, you know, from the grocery store. Um, <laughs> but they may have other stuff that's valuable. Um, again, this not so you should you shouldn't walk up to somebody's door and ask if you can look through their buildings. They're not going to really take you kindly. Hi, I'd like to sneak through your <laughs> your barn. Uh, no, but I mean, there's yeah. there's a few things that you look for in that. I mean, yeah, I guess that you know they've they've become good at doing that type of thing. You know, spotting what is a good indicator of somebody that might have a collection. 
Uh, I, I've heard a few tips too that I think our listeners might enjoy. Uh, Jay Leno says, go into small towns and find the old guys mm-hmm. and talk to them. Sure. Because they'll know this stuff like the back of their hands. If nothing right? else, they'll know the urban legends of the rumors in the town of, yeah. uh, of what's there. And yeah, just one other quick thing that I feel like I need to point out. I saw something recently about a barn find, and I, I wish I could remember exactly what this was, but it was a, a missing car that they, maybe it was, um, I want to say it was like a Duesenberg or something rare, like maybe uh-huh. an Auburn Cord or something uh-huh. rare where a certain number on the registry was missing. And there's rumor oh. that it was that it was in this area, and they had seen a car that matched the the description of it. You know, let's just say it was a yellow car with a certain type of uh, convertible top that was only available in that year. So they knew it was probably the one. Mm-hmm. Well, then they try to trace it back to you know wherever it was last owned and all that, right? And then there's a, pro- a, a shed on the property that could be big enough for it, but no one is able to contact the owners that that you know huh. own the property because the property's abandoned and. Um, not only that, complicating things, and you would think that this might indicate that there's not a vehicle there, but out in front of where the you know where the doors would open for the vehicle to come out in or out if there was one there, um, small trees had grown, you know, and to the point oh, where wow. they were, you know, because it had been left there for thirty or forty years without being driven. Or so you'd have to cut the years. trees. Yeah, you'd have to cut the trees in order to just open the doors to even see what's inside that building. So. Um, you know, buildings that you might not think house things like this, that, that may be an indicator that they just haven't been looked into for that long. And I know I'm kind of talking in No, this makes sense this, though, because there's another thing too. What's that? Uh, it, I, I believe that, I believe strongly that some states have better chances of, um, you know, harboring barn finds. Like, they do. Yeah, like, um, uh, areas outside of Detroit, Michigan, mm-hmm. I think there's a much higher likelihood. Just because so many people were associated with the auto industry, true, and got employee deals buying cars, yeah, or um, able to drive vehicles home from right from the manufacturer, like um, oh, who am I thinking of? Um, well, Harley Earl's one, yeah, um, he drives sure. his own cars now, but he's not going to leave one, uh, you know, abandoned somewhere. But I don't see him with stuff rusting. Oh, in his although front you know what, if he had, if he had, uh, you know, kind of a secret car collection or something, it would be somewhere in that area. Yeah, so um, I think that's I think that's like prime spot number one we should go that's to. Pretty good, and and Motorama cars. You know when they were done yeah. with the circuit, I could see him taking one of those as his own vehicle. You know, like uh, kind of on the books thing. You know, like I'll pay General Motors a dollar sure, for that sure. and take it to my house. I designed it and built it or whatever. So they would give him that privilege, but maybe people didn't know that after the show, that's where that car went. You know mm-hmm. that, that he bought it and he did park it in you know some garage somewhere on his property. And then the kids knew about it, but then over the years, they just kind of forgot that it was out there even. And then, you know, of course, he passes away and the family. You know, this is a bad example because um, that I'm using the, that particular person because a lot is known about him. And, you know, people have traced all the vehicles that were associated with him and everything. Yeah. But, but there are other people out there that had access to vehicles sort of like that. Right. Other designers. Right. And uh, I found this pretty cool list uh, from MotorBooks.com. Of just some just some quick tips for how to find a barn find, mm-hmm. and I wanted to see what your reactions to these were. Is that right. cool? Sure. They say one, go back to the old neighborhood where you grew up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two, search on weekends when garage doors are often open because ah, people are doing yard work. Here we go, garage peeping. Remember, That's I talked yeah, about this all yeah. the time. I talked about this from the very beginning. Always have your eyes open when you're driving. Whether I mean, I've seen airplanes parked in people's garages, mm-hmm. and then you realize that behind their house. There's a grass air airstrip, and they're building their own airplane there. 
Yeah. Um, it's fascinating That's stuff. That's crazy. I don't know how many DeLoreans I've seen when I'm out for rides in the country. People, <laughs> people have DeLoreans that, that are in various stages of, uh, you know, sure. uh, decomposition, I guess. Well, That's, and some people have those... Um, Replica DeLorean. Uh, sure, that's true. But I mean, chances are that I'm seeing the real deal. Yeah, I'd uh, say. Because they're not drivable. They're up on, you know, cement blocks or whatever in the garage. <laughs> you know, it's a project. And right. um, you'll see people's project cars in, in the garages all the time. So I always w- watch for open doors. So uh, depending on the location, sometimes searching by bicycle or on foot is best. I, you know, I tend to believe that in denser areas too, you know, uh, like the, the maraschino cherry guy, yeah. right? You would want to be on foot for that. Sure. Yeah. That's uh that was an unusual case, wasn't it? That was mm-hmm. something completely different, really. Although he did have a collection, but, uh, it was modern and it was well hidden and the yeah. security that went along with it. You would have driven past it a million times yeah. without knowing. Uh, but this is, here's another thing. Um, they say that dead end and no outlet roads often have the the best stuff. Really, I wonder why that is. I mean, what what makes that? Uh, and maybe it's because there's additional property to the to the left or right of the house. Uh huh. Um, I don't know. I wonder why that indicates maybe there's a field with. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know maybe how to... it just indicates that um, there is an expectation of privacy. Yeah, maybe. Which you know, my question would be if I'm going down a dead end road. Why am I supposed to be there? Yeah, because, that's true, and that, that's what the owner will say to you when uh, when, they, right, when they knock right. on your window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm just here to you know, snoop around your barn. One, can I think just a quick yeah, second yeah, yeah. here? And I was just thinking about this: is that you know, not every barn find, you know, in air quotes, is a, is a valuable car. It's not always that you're going to find, yeah. you know, the, uh, the the missing caddy from 1938. You're going to find oftentimes, you know, that uh, that Pacer X that somebody parked back in the 1970s and hasn't driven since then. It's not that it's not. You know, something that's interesting or that somebody wouldn't find interesting or, or valuable to restore. It's just that it's not always going to be a million dollar find. Right. Um, you know, it, it's, it's funny to think about it that way that, you know, there are going to be some ordinary cars that come out of barns 30 years from now that, you know, people are still going to be interested in. They might find an Escort GT from the 1980s and be excited about it. <laughs> sure. But it's not going to be a collector's car. It's not going to be something that's, you know, you know, if you restore it, not going to be really museum material or anything, but it would be, yeah, it'd be neat to have something like that and to have a story behind it and to have a low miles Ford car from the 1980s in the year, you know, 2030. That might be kind of cool. (laughs) Well, if you wait long enough, everything becomes a, uh, a priceless classic, right? (laughs) Well, I don't know. So maybe, maybe, well, maybe, okay, maybe if you're a classic for sure. Sure. Well, I'm talking about the long con here, Scott. <laughs> yeah. So maybe if we find, if we go into a barn find and we say, well, in 180 years, this stuff is going to be worth a pretty penny. I say we just close the door and leave it there. <laughs> you know, may, I, I would bet that somebody at some point has done something like that. You know, they purchase a vehicle, whether it's a, and I know that this happens, you know, like a yeah. pace car vehicle from a, from a race, like an Indianapolis pace car, like a, a Corvette or something. Mm-hmm. And they wrap it in plastic. They don't use the original floor mats ever. Um, you know, that kind of thing. They just keep it off the side because they know that if they if they just wait, they just wait, it's going to be worth something. And people get the crazy idea sometimes that that's going to be their retirement plan. Right. But that's like, it's almost the same thing as buying action figures, keeping them in the box and saying, if I just wait long enough. Yeah. But not every movie is Star Wars. Yeah, is it going to work that way? Are they going to say like, well, those are worth instead of being worth, uh, you know, seven fifty that you paid for them, 
Uh, they're worth $7.75 now. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. I just feel like if you get a car um, and you are setting out to sell it, I, I don't know how efficient it is to say I'm going to buy this car and 35 years from now I'm going to make a fortune. Mm-hmm. You know, that's tough. A lot of stuff can happen. And maintenance along the way. It's not like you can just park it and then expect it to come out of storage looking pristine and running. I mean, that's, yeah. uh, you, you do have to maintain a car that you store. So there's a, it, despite what so many people assume. Yeah, apparently. there's so many different directions to go with this. I mm-hmm. mean, it's 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 interesting to think about. Though. Uh, here are. Can I give you a few more? Yeah, sure. I, I want to hear what you think about these. Yeah, they they started also naming people that you should talk to. Lawyers, they say, are a good resource for estate settlements that might have cars or bikes. Uh, Police officers, delivery folks, landscapers, anyone else who can legally go onto private property. Ah, I like these ideas. This is some real, you know, PI stuff right here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> one of them is kind of a joke, but they said, uh, get your own TV show, uh, cause Jay Leno gets calls every week from people who want him to sell him cars. <laughs> you know what? I do like the one that you just said though, that with the, um, 
you know, the landscapers or sure. uh, people that are on, you know, like the irrigation company that's there to service the sprinklers because they have to go to the garage to adjust the valves. Yeah. And uh, or into the basement. Or tow see, truck drivers, too. Oh, tow truck drivers. Perfect. Yeah, because they know where these things end up or what condition they were in when they brought them there. Um, mm-hmm. So interesting. That's a good idea. And uh, when I was a kid, that's how I found my go-kart. Um, really? Yeah, I found my go-kart at a place uh, place we were doing some odd jobs, you know, in high school landscaping. Yeah. And uh, she had it on the property. I think I've told this story before, so we didn't have to. But um, it was in the back of the garage. It was this older woman who used it on her property as kind of like a, almost like you'd use a golf cart. Only it was a like a sporty little go kart. Zipped around on yeah, it. Yeah, she did. And, you know, it had damage from where this rock that she had hit with it. And mm-hmm. we uh, see over the years when we were doing stuff like that, we found out that you know neighbors in the uh, the neighborhood where my friend lived that you know kind of he's the one who kind of ran the business. And I just worked with him and for him. Mm-hmm. Um, two two friends actually. Uh, but we found that you know some of his neighbors had some pretty interesting vehicles in their garage. Like we found out one of this old lady in the in the neighborhood. You'd never expect this. She opens up the garage door and she has a 1971 Mach 1 Mustang that's in pristine condition. Beautiful. Wow. And we occasionally got to move it, you know, like out to the, you know, where the mailbox is <laughs> so we could get whatever was in the garage out right. and then drive it backwards into the garage. And that was a, that was a big day, you know, just getting to be able that's to huge. hear it run and, and yeah. to drive it that 20 feet or whatever it was. Well, here's a, here's another one that might be interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll wrap this up pretty soon, sure. but, uh, but. Going behind auto repair shops, I think if you talk to local mechanics, you'll hear some stuff. But the one thing, my one objection with that is the local mechanics probably already have a plan. You know what I mean? Yeah, probably. Um, but, but you're right. That's where you're going to find some stuff sitting on trailers and mm-hmm. in various stages of uh, disrepair back there. Yeah, and then this is one that some people might not have thought about. The ideal time of year to look for uh, barn finds is uh, during winter when the leaves are off the trees. Really? Why is that? Because uh, you can see the buildings, you can see the, the property. Yeah, I guess That right. normally would be lost with somebody at the end of a dead-end street, you know, and acres of property. Very clever, Mr. Bullen. Hey, Very this clever. doesn't come from me. There's one thing that I object to. I wanted to ask you what you thought about this. Okay. I want you go to the property owner and ask if you can use their barn for a photography project. Oh, uh, I don't know. I feel like that's dishonest. Yeah, that is. I mean, that... Uh, very deceptive, and also, it's just kind of weird. I mean, if somebody came to my door asking for that, I probably would say no. If somebody came to my door asking for that, um, and they were a kid, I would be much more likely to say yes. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. But, you know, some mid-30s guy stumbles right. up and, uh, you know, says, <laughs> stumbles up. Maybe like that's the, a bad way to say it. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he stumbles up, walks throws the, the bottle of Cobra. On the <laughs> well, walks to the door and says, you know, I'd like to use your barn for a photography project. They'd be like, oh, boy. Yeah, um, be suspicious. Uh, the police will be here in just a moment, but um, feel free to sit on the porch uh, and right. they arrive. Yeah, I, I don't think that um, I don't think that's a good idea. That's not a good tactic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a bad idea. You're right. Um, but. Some of these tips are solid gold, and I wanted to put this out there for the car stuff listeners. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of our crew is driving cross country. Um, a lot of people take road trips in the summer because the kids are out of school and we're getting near that time. So what I would like to ask everybody to do is pay close, close attention. Look over your shoulder. What what was that building you passed? Yeah, make a mental note of where that was and what you saw, and mm-hmm. you know who knows. Maybe someday you'll be in a position where, if you're, you know, if it's ten years from now and you see it still in the same spot, 
uh, maybe you can go make an offer on the car if yeah. you're in the financial position and you want to take on a project because these are always projects. Right, they're always projects. But but also you got to weigh: is it valuable? Like, is mm-hmm. it something? Because if it hasn't been moved in ten years at least, you know that you know you've seen it there for ten years. Right. How long has it really been there? What conditions it in? How much are you going to pay to restore this thing if you do decide to do it that way? Mm-hmm. And uh, is it worth? that much or more when it's done or is it just going to be a labor of love are you going to want to do that just to get it back on the road again because it's a make or model that you really like um, but can't find because it's a rare bird yeah absolutely and let us let us know if you have any tips for people who want to become intrepid barn fine hunters yeah you know for just kind of just spitballing this topic back yeah, and yeah, forth yeah. here uh, like off the cuff i think this went pretty well i mean I uh, I would like to do this again, like maybe where I come in and ask you a question or I bring in a news story or a topic yeah. or something like that. I, I think it was fun. Maybe we should attempt to do this another time. Oh, we, for sure. Well, fair think? is fair. We have to try it one time with me flying in <laughs> Yeah. And I know that, you know, I get a little wrapped up in what I'm saying sometimes and, and go off on a strange uh, tangent, I guess. I'm sorry about that. But um, hopefully it, was, it all made sense. And uh, if the listeners like this type of thing, you know, mm-hmm. where we don't really have a whole lot prepared, but we're just. Having a conversation, basically. Yeah, just shooting the breeze. Yeah, I like that. It's it's uh, it feels relaxed, it feels comfortable. Well, let us yeah, let us know uh, what you think, or if you want to, uh, if I mean, maybe we could even do a listener mail thing where one day we just randomly pick a piece of listener mail. That's a great idea. <laughs> if they send in topics like we where we don't really have to have research and numbers and specifics, where we can just generalize and mm-hmm. talk about it like we're doing today. Yeah. If you could send in topics that have something like that, that we could just have a conversation like, you know, you would have with anybody at work or at right. home or at school, uh, that's the kind of thing that we would be looking for. I'm just going to go on record and say anything but the following three things. Yeah. No rain X, no Honda Odysseys, no flying cars. How about this? <laughs> no alternate energy. <laughs> you know, because we've talked about And the reason we're saying this is because we're talking about this so much in our and yeah, daily podcast. So. That's one of the only notes um, uh, he has here, by yeah. the way, guys. And maybe autonomous cars. How about that? Yeah, yeah. No autonomous cars. Because we we seem to uh, we seem to when the news comes out about something new, right. we seem to get on top of it. And there's right a lot right? of news. Yeah. So I, and oh, no flying cars, please. Oh yeah, we send no flying cars. Oh good. Okay, you got yeah. it in there. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Good. I re- I, re- I respect uh, your difference of opinion. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. And what would you? Uh, no hot and hot That's yeah, right. Can't yeah. talk about Honda. No rain X. It'll yeah. be a very negative podcast That's on true. my end. Yeah. Oh, I hate that stuff. <laughs> All right. Anyway, sorry, sorry. I know it's not bad. It's just not for me. I'm sure. I, I'm sure there are several episodes where, and I complain about it. So. I might be able to sway you someday with this. I think I can. I think you I think can so? Get you in the corner. Yeah. Oh well. You know what, man. Never say never. Uh, Maybe you can. Maybe you'll come over to my corner on this one because uh, I've had success with it. And uh, it's been a while since I've used it, but I've I've found some new techniques that RV owners use to to super clean their windshield and then apply it. Uh And it really does work well. Okay. We've said too much about this. Because it's you, I'll hear you out. Okay. But only because it's you. Maybe that's an episode. Maybe that. Who knows? (laughs) Uh, Who knows? Well, we will find out soon. So uh, drop us a line. You can talk to us on Facebook or Twitter. You can find every podcast we've ever done on carstuffshow.com. And you can also send your suggestions or your feedback or, well, I guess anything to us directly via our email address. We are carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com.
What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.